life might hand you budgets, schedules, family, and responsibility. But driving shouldn't be just another chore. We're here to help you find a car you love. Something that fits your budget and your needs, but is fun to drive and makes you look back. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car to Be. My weird realization for the day is Lotus-related. <laughs> and I say that having not driven the it's, Lotus in more than a week. Oh, really? You haven't driven it? No. I mean, I... I, is, I is she parked for the winter? Well, or for, for a little while. Just nice days you're thinking it's, now? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm up to the nice days part because yeah. we've gotten below 40 degrees. And so, okay. I actually... Today was hot enough to drive it. I know that sounds weird. Today it was warm enough to drive it. I wouldn't have worry about it. But I had to do an airport run with luggage, so... <laughs> I, wasn't, I couldn't even take the mini, and I had to pick up my son. Here's the other absurdity. We need racks. Here's, racks the, here's the other absurdity. I, tell you. My mini has, has rear seat delete, so yeah, I right. own two two-seat cars. So if more than two people have to go anywhere, I must take the Cayenne, two and that British was today. two-seat cars. Well, there's that as well. But the realization that I've had in the Lotus world was, relates to this piece of news about today. Oh, man. This, this Lotus reveal, the X-Siege Cup 430. No kidding. No I, kidding. Um, this is my new supercar want. <laughs> I thought it might be. And, and, and I, I, I can wax poetic and go on and on about this car, but here's what dawned on me. I kept thinking, yeah, see? See, 430 horsepower. See, that's okay. And then it dawned on me, wait a minute. The only way I'm okay with it is because it's a tiny car. Well, Because yes. the truth of it is, it may be too much horsepower. I mean, I'm sure it's awesome, but I keep thinking about the fact that it weighs 2,300 pounds. It, this is twice the horsepower of my Lotus. <laughs> well, you guys may have seen this is the Lotus Exige 430 Cup with the yes. engine out of the Evora 430. So, yes, mm -hmm. 430 horsepower and stuffed into, as you said, this 2,300 pound car. I even like the green color. It's a well, bluish, turquoisey green. It's a good lotus green. They're kind of, they're kind of drifting from the lotus green like into a new this. place, but they're still going with the green. The seats have look you, great. The yes. shifter looks amazing. This is the thing. I want, I, want I, the, like this. I want the Elise they're not selling here to be sold here. That's what I really want because they've refined. We, we saw them in uh, Frankfurt and Stuttgart when we were there mm -hmm. this year. Yep. They've refined the interior wonderfully. And, and look at the photos online of the shifter. They've gone, I don't know another way to describe it, their, their shifter has been heavily revised and now looks yeah, like yeah. they took inspiration from Pagani, and it's a fantastic-looking shifter. You don't suppose that the Chinese influence is starting to be felt, or an effect is starting to be felt with optimism in terms of more models? I haven't seen the proliferation of models like this, specific niche, hey, we're just doing a limited run of these. I haven't seen that really ever from Lotus. To be honest, they did the 400, the 410, now the 430 Evora. Fair, fair. Now they're doing multiple versions of the Exige. I'm well, wondering if they're going to start dropping engines in various cars and doing kind of what Dodge is doing. The Hellcat motor goes in everything. Yes, yes. yes. Product planners think, well, we've got this giant engine. Did you see Let's the build cars did around? Did you see this. the person on social media? Thank you for this question that asked about if you put the Renegade, if you put the Hellcat motor I in did. the Renegade, does it become the Hellkit? The hell kitten. There it's will be funny. nothing kitty cat-like yeah, exactly. about that. But, but, but let me give you a counterpoint, though, on this Lotus thinking. Here's what I keep thinking about it. I agree with you that isn't it interesting all the little variations they're making. However, I also keep thinking, how many times can you squeeze money out of the exact same product before you actually have to release an all-new model? That'll just be, ask Ford. That'll be when, when Geely really comes out. Because, I suppose. Just ask Ford right now, with all their Mustang proliferations. Well, or Porsche with 911s. Well, true. Porsche's well, the I king mean, of that, Porsche, Porsche can't hide. They lead the charge on it. Yeah, that's but, true. But here's the thing, though. I do, I do keep thinking about the fact that ultimately Lotus is continuing to sell two cars. Yeah, 
They had the XC, seems to be a bunch of optimism with the Elise variation, it, and they had the Evora with all of its variations, and that's it. Yeah. So the way that we'll see in a real infusion of cash in Lotus is when there is a new, all-new model of something. And they keep teasing a new Elise that's supposed to come to the U.S. This Exige is my ridiculous money track car. I, I want yeah. this badly. Although Forbidden Fruit, we can't have it in the U.S. We can't have I it. Just, uh, They've got for- to build something. That's what they'll do. They'll build something that will be available in the U.S. Mm-hmm. As you said, the new Exige or new Elise. That's what they're. That's what the rumor the is. For the U.S. market yeah. with all these goodies on it Hopefully. and looking like this does. Because because this this Exige. Well, let me put it another way: the Elise and Exige right now that they're selling in Europe. This is a perfect example. Look like the perfect blending of the refinement of the Evora put into the Elise package that I have, and that's what makes me want it. Yeah. You mean from a stylistic standpoint? No, I mean from an interior usability standpoint. You look at that interior and it's grown up quite a bit since the one I have. It has. I mean, there's a lot of similarities. You can see the bones. Oh, the it's, instrument panel oh, is exactly the, the same. No, it's, it's still bare bones, but it's been, it feels like they just kept refining it. And that's what the one that I have needs is just ongoing refinement. Yeah. I mean, the binnacle around the shifter looks a little bit different. Well, a lot different, actually. It looks far better. But Materials the are better. It's the just been, same. But it just IP's keeps getting... The same kind of nipped and tucked and refined and that's good seats i'd like are different that. they slather no canter everywhere yes 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 here. but 430 horsepower yeah in a 2300 pound car with ridiculous um, amounts of down downforce i am desperate to drive this and there is no way it's happening <laughs> okay lotus we need to uh either come there or you need to get serious about creating an, a Lotus experience at our local track. Because as you know, yeah. UMC is now going to be owned by My Time, which is a Geely-owned company. Yes. Geely-owned, however you pronounce those guys. You're right. Wouldn't it be nice if they started bringing Lotus out on. there? But, but, uh, but I, look, Even if I'm it's gonna... for track only, that means they could run them on track. Mm-hmm. Doesn't Agreed. mean they can road, you know, be road legal in the U.S., but have totally. a fleet of them out at the track. Where's Todd? I well, guess. Yeah, my wife says he took he took the tent and he lives at the track yeah, now. No yes, kidding. exactly. But I'm but I'll, look, I'll throw it out a challenge. Is there another journalist out there more Lotus obsessed than I am? If you're going to give one of if you're going to mm-hmm. give drives in this exige, hello Lotus, hi Hethel, my friends in Hethel, mm-hmm. who who out mm-hmm. there would like to talk about your cars more than me? <laughs> Can I get in this, please? And it works. And conversely, just about every automotive journalist out there is obsessed with Porsche. Just yeah. about every single yes. person out there. They're getting quite a bit of love. I mean, yeah. they they don't need anybody to extol the virtues of Porsche anymore. Yeah, you're right. You're right. They know. Even the new 911T is, mm-hmm. uh, you load it up, and it's going to be actually heavier than a base Carrera. I don't so understand the T at all. I don't get it. That was, um, I, I'm still puzzling over that one, but I'm I'm happy to embrace it. Welcome. Of course you Another are. 911. It's got to be the Fine. 25th variant, but it's just that, but, but here's the thing, if we can't. We can't even blink at Lotus making variants of their cars after Lotus, after Porsche's making things like the 911T. No, that's true. But I am but I am still desperate to drive this this Exige, and I, it's 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 total. I say forbidden bring fruit. it to Utah. Total forbidden fruit. Utah has the track now, and mm-hmm. strangely enough, it just it doesn't sound like Hethel and mm-hmm. Salt Lake City. It doesn't. But There's a lot in here, common. Here's though. the thing: EverydayDriver.com. I can be reached. <laughs> I will be there. Tell me where to be, and I will drive this car. Look, Might be I'll taking even, a trip very soon. I'll even go as far as to say, look, bring it out here. I'll do a review with my car. We'll talk about the changes. I can t- look. I'm 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 actually building it as we sit here. I'm Heck that yeah. excited. I've been wanting to do the Tesla Roadster with your car. It would be fun. Put those two together, and then bring out this Easter egg of a super hot yes. something, and yes. talk about the differences. Talk about the feel. Mm-hmm. They're all going to be fun, of course, but it'd be interesting to have all but, those three together. But 
I, I want Nivora only because I like a little more refinement than the Elise, and I love the Elise. Imagine the Elise with a little more refinement. We're done. I'm finished. I'm finished. <laughs> Get it. Well, speaking Have you of seen models, the XC430? I'm telling you. Have you seen it? Because yes. it's awesome. Looking at it here. Uh, speaking of proliferation of models, Corvette is now introducing the ZR1. So Chevrolet has come out with the Z06 that is even more... So even though it doesn't have a new engine in this ZR1, it now has a new engine designation. And by more, I mean 750 horsepower in the new ZR1. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Um, That car is fast in base form with 460. I just want to put that out there. No kidding. And I'm also going to ask this question. Does this ZR1 look like a woman that got a lip implant or is it just me? (laughs) That's not off. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. Off. I'm going to say it. This is one of my rants. Most of you have not heard this rant. Oh, Paul and I be the bottom lip on this. <laughs> yeah, it's still not good. Uh, <laughs> Paul, Paul has heard this rant many times, but I'm going to go Ooh, ahead and say it. Funny. Somewhere there is a plastic surgeon who pulled off one of the biggest Barnum and Bailey, the Emperor has no clothes tricks I've ever heard of in the modern time, and that is they convinced a woman that that implant in the upper lip is an improvement. She looks better than she did when she came in, and somehow that has now proliferated. There is not a woman on the planet that has gotten the lip implant that, yes, honey, you look better. Your husband may have I said agree, it. Actually. I'm ranting I, now. Somebody's going to send me hate mail. I'm sorry. It doesn't help. I mean, we can, yeah, with the fake body parts, we can stop right there. But I agree. I mean, Meg Ryan, one of my favorite actresses mm-hmm. that goes way back. I mean, she was cute and Now beautiful. it's a Hollywood podcast. Yeah, here we it go. It is. It always kind of goes that way, right? No, uh, I, I just thought, I saw Meg Ryan and I thought, what on earth did you do? It didn't get better. I heard I heard an interview with casting directors in Hollywood. This is three or four years ago now, but I had an interview with casting directors in Hollywood. And they started saying, one of them like whispered it, and then they all just jumped onto the comment. They said, it's incredibly hard to cast women in their 40s because they've all had stuff done and they all look wrong. Mm, that's which is too bad. tragic, but, actually. But, but, but back to the ZR1, which I'm sorry, looks like it went to one of these doctors and got lip Well, implants. here's the deal. It looks purposeful and it looks track worthy and track ready. Whereas the other cars, the Z06, yes, can we have it on track? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. This is very much track focused, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not looking at this thinking, you know what? ZR1, and we can just tootle around, you know, sports car kind It'll of thing. It'll happen anyway, but I take your point. It will. I mean, people will buy this and just drive it around, or they'll instantly improve the power output for inexplicable they'll, reasons. They'll drive slowly in the third lane on this, too. Yeah. Of course they will. Mm-hmm. But 700 Sucking up squirrels, power. yeah. I mean, okay, so more than the Hellcat engine, mm-hmm. but less than a Demon. But this is not a drag car. No. Which is what the Demon is targeted as. That's an NHRA, well, even though it's not eligible, but that is that is full-on drag car take mm-hmm. to the midnight drags yeah you know yeah, yeah. go trolling for Spend drag your dollar for your passenger seat yeah get the box of goodies this is clearly a track car without being a cage track car to my eye now we haven't seen the full deal we haven't seen all the specs and we haven't seen fully inside it or out yet but it's all over the news yeah and i think you and i are both astounded by this when do the horsepower wars get you know, tapered off. On the other well, hand, with electric motors coming, they're just going to keep increasing. Yeah, and and you know, you and I recently drove actually for season two on Velocity, we which is all I'm thinking about right now. I'm sorry, my brain <laughs> it's is coming. Everybody, embedded season in that. two, and it's that's coming. All my edits are about right now. But for season two on Velocity, we drove the ZL1 mm-hmm. with the three the GT350, and we were marveling at the number of intakes and radiators because over the last three or four years, GM has released a lot of cars that were super hot, and then, pardon the pun became super hot on the track because they all had a tendency to overheat. Corvette's (laughs) among them, Camaro's among them. So now they're going intake and radiator crazy, and that's evident here on this ZR1. 
the Z06 has had its occasional, uh, we, we have a big boy Corvette and it overheated, just like the big boy Camaro. I'm sorry, the CTSV had this issue. The ATSV had this issue. Mm-hmm. You and I were at a track event a couple of years ago, we drove both of those, and every now and then they had to pull those off track and let them cool off, and they yeah. were wickedly fast, though. So uh, apparently the cooling department at GM got a nasty <laughs> memo, and they are they are solving the problem, and it's evident here in the ZR1. This is not a flattering angle of this car, either. This is not the money shot by any stretch. There, I mean, there has to be a place where this looks better, because the wide-angle lens was not this car's friend. Well, the, the splitter, you know, got to have the splitter on the front, got to have the downforce, on and on and on, but... Yeah, you know, even the Lamar cars are about this power output. I mean, unbelievable. Well, but we've reached that place now. The the new Ford GT, this ZR1, the current other versions of the of the Corvette, we're reaching that place where these the race cars are less powerful than the street cars. Yeah, which that's may, been happening know, since this generation six may, C6. May, Corvette. You know what? Maybe that's the line in the sand. Maybe that's that's the, when people ask us what's too much horsepower. Maybe our answer, our pat answer, should be when it's more than the race car version. And that's been happening, like I said, for a while. I because, mean, Corvette's been doing that for a long you know, time. If, if you've won Le Mans at two hundred less horsepower than the street car has, I think your street car's got enough. <laughs> I think <laughs> you're okay. Good. Okay, so that begs the question: Now, are we at peak power in terms of? gasoline engines and their power output before all these supercars and hypercars go to some sort of hybrid or electric are we at peak uh i guess gasoline engine i can't say aspiration no will it continue on up are we looking at a thousand horsepower from gm from some car yeah that is non-electric non-hybrid from gm who knows but but i keep thinking about the fact that the minute that we think the the gasoline engine is done then you get the chiron you get well, the, true. the if it happens the Hennessy Venom. I'm reading get, about this five thousand horsepower engine, yeah, wearing a car in Dubai somewhere, but, yeah. which is interesting. Which, to which me. sounds more like a press release than an actual thing. I could yeah. write a press release too. I could write a good one. It'd be it'd be impressive. You should the write six thousand horsepower Tesla though. Anyway, moving on. But um, <laughs> I can't get over the snarkiness of this writer. Yeah. But, trying to uh, get information, but the snarky is just getting in the way. Yeah, he's just there's a lot of lot of sarcasm <laughs> going on here. But but no, but here's here's the thing though. Let's take the Hennessy Venom off the table. Yeah. The Chiron and the Koenigsegg uh, R. Mm-hmm. RS, the Agira RS Agera, that just yeah. happened. Okay. Those are both rocking the better part of two thousand horsepower. Okay. Sheesh. So and they're and they're quote unquote, I mean, I know we're talking minute. Uh, numbers here, but they're both "quote unquote" factory cars. I mean, when you get above fifteen hundred horsepower, is anybody counting anymore? Or do we care? I'm sorry, but above seven hundred, yeah. there's no point in counting. <laughs> These cars have double the power of this, but this is going to be air quotes affordable. I mean, Corvettes have always towed that It'll, line of yeah. you know power for dollar, and the ZR1 is going to be the king of the hill. It'll on be and every on. bit of a hundred grand. And that's oh sure, a, I mean that's the last a, one was 120 or something. Yeah, that, that's a that's a tough pool to be comparison? in. It'll be 100 to 125 grand, and okay. I, I here's the thing. I think you're talking about peaks. I do think this is peak of front engine designed Corvette. I agree. I, I, I'm totally with you. I'm hoping that all these rumors and spy shots are true for the next mm-hmm. C8 generation to go mid engine. Honestly, there's so much more to be done from a terms of dynamics and handling and 
distribution and design and all this stuff. Yeah. It just doesn't need to look like, oh, you put the engine in the back and you tried to keep the general Corvette shape to appeal to Corvette buyers. If they do that, that's a big mistake. Well, I mean, the, the rumor is, and of course, we're, all, we're fully in the rumor zone now. The rumor is that they're going to keep selling this ZR1 and then release the Zora that's the the name for it, the the mid-engine Corvette, and they're going to sell them side-by-side side for a while, and then they'll eventually go full mid-engine. But you and I have talked about it before. The Camaro has so crowded the Corvette's territory oh my that gosh, they have yeah. to do something with the VET to make it stand up by itself. Yeah. And GM does not have a Ford GT competitive supercar. Right. They don't. Right. And, they, and they could have one. So let's go do it. So I, I really hope... Uh, the CR1 is interesting, but I really I look at this is so weird. This car's just been leaked. It hasn't even been released. Mm-hmm. It's been leaked, and I'm going. And here good, we are going. Good. What's can next? we can we go mid engine? Are, are we done now? Well, and I it's agree weird that I'm saying that because you and I are talking about doing a Generations of Corvette movie. Yeah. That we're very excited about. Yep. We've been trying to set it up for a while. We're going to hopefully set it up early next year. But it's interesting to see the CR1 and be like, what a great place. I hope for them to kind of end this world. I, I go back to lip implants, though. I can't unsee it. It's the spoiler. I get it. But I'm sure there's a better shot. I mean, just like it's any the woman intakes with too. Look at the too. intakes. Yeah, the intakes are pretty gnarly. It's madness. But cooling, to your point, they've got to cool this beast. That, I'm telling you, somebody somebody about 18 months ago <laughs> got the world's nastiest memo at GM about cooling, and they have taken their job very seriously. I want the C8 to be the rolling tech platform. And have GM flex its tech muscle. Well, in but they've got all some of the, those categories. They've got some of the best chassis guys out there. No kidding. There's so many. That, you know, we've talked about how Ford has a car for every budget for enthusiasts. Right. Right. But the thing that GM does is go drive their cars and realize their chassis dynamics are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Whenever they throw their car at the okay, make this handle as well as it can. You drive that car, especially on a track, and you just go, "That's shocking." Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Well, moving on, you and I recently had the chance to experience a track event put on by Motor Press Guild as we well. Did. We did, yeah. And drive a variety of cars. And we a thought lot. we'd actually talk about those and talk about some impressions because mm-hmm. the reason being, I think it's valid to, to get it out now, even though you and I have already debriefed in the car. For sure, yeah. And talked about these cars We never that talk. We drove. It never happens. It doesn't it happen does. at all. Yeah. We've talked about these cars, and they will crop up again, but I think we kind of need to get them off our chest and talk about first impressions, dynamics. And the whole point of driving all these cars, and a lot of them back-to-back, was what's going to come out for podcast Mm -hmm. recommendations? Mm -hmm. What's going to come out there in terms of, hey, have you guys driven the new whatever that is, and then be able to talk about that in terms of, hey, these older cars that you've recommended before. I I really Mm -hmm. like that, and I like that the fact that you and I had the opportunity to experience all these cars and drive them both on track and on the street drive as well. Yeah, yeah. The street drive turned out to be actually a lot of high-speed runs, but uh, there were some twisties too. There were some great, great almost canyon-feeling stuff on the street drive, which is wonderful, and there was stuff that was designated for the track, and so we drove a little bit of everything, and you're right. It's that opportunity to get into stuff. What I like is, for you guys listening to the podcast, anything we drive we know will come up again at some point. And we love Agreed. that. We love that. It's yeah. one of the reasons I like even going to the LA Auto Show, so I can just get into at least I put my butt in everything. Mm-hmm. I at least sat in everything yeah. and go, okay, this interior is not as good as that interior, and I can tell you because I sat in both of them back to back, which is great. But this was driving back to back, yeah, which is a different level. And I, I, agree. I really enjoyed it. One of the things I get into, actually, the first thing I get into was we recently drove the Hyundai Elantra GT, which is Hyundai yeah, makes right. a Golf, right? right. 
We didn't have the sport because we were driving what I refer to as the lukewarm hatches. We weren't driving the hot boys. So the GT Sport is the 200-horsepower straight-up GTI or Civic SI competitor. Mm -hmm. So I drove Mm -hmm. the sport. What did you think? It was just like the GT. Really? With slightly more power. I was going to say, power output, dynamics, braking. Slightly more power. It was... Because that is actually on paper significantly upgraded from the regular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elantra I mean, Sport. I here's the thing: I didn't tune it as much as I probably could have, but it struck me that it was it's it's almost. I'm wondering almost if it's more feeling like the feeling between the GTI and the Golf R. Hmm. It not felt like quite that cranked kind of, up, it felt, but... but it felt like that kind of leap. You see, what I'm saying okay. where okay. where the GT felt really good and the Sport felt a little bit better. But you'd have to be pushing very hard to start to really reveal, oh, there's where it's better. Now, yes, more power, more pickup, that's definitely the case. But the, the, I guess it spoke to me in the fact that the Elantra GT is just solid. It is. It, it, it's it not is. a bargain basement car, and it becomes good at the Sport. The Sport was a little bit better. But the GT, I, that was the big, my big takeaway. Was I drove that car and just thought, the GT is solid. And look, here's, here's Hyundai with manual transmission, good well-built golf competitor. Sure. Awesome. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I'm i glad you got that in that car. Um, I didn't get a chance to do that, but I did get in the Infiniti Q60 Red Sport 400. I, I drove that too, yeah. Interesting car. And this is a coupe that you probably are starting to see around on the roads. It turns my head. It does. Mm-hmm. Styling-wise, it's distinctive and interesting. Proportions look great. So this car is a twin-turbo 3-liter V6, mm-hmm. 400 horsepower. Mm-hmm. Infiniti has five versions of the Q60. Yes. The 400 and this is, the is big now boy. cranked up. That is the biggest, most stuff you can get on this car. I came away with my initial feeling thinking, wow, this, this car just moves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In no way is this you know slow or not able to get out of its own way kind of And feeling. hides its speed. It's one of those cars. Very much so. I looked down and I was doing <clears throat> very quickly yes. on public roads thinking, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of bored. Mm-hmm. What's, what's this interface do? And then I thought, oh, gosh, <laughs> we're driving now. Yeah. So I'm thinking to myself as I'm driving, what is it about Infinity right now mm-hmm. that would compel me to buy the car? Mm, that's an interesting question. Because there's character about a lot of the favorites that you and I have. Sure, sure. There's various characteristics that just attract us to it. Mm-hmm, whether it's mm-hmm. the engineering or the happiness of the drive quality or the seats mm-hmm. or whatever that is. And we're attracted to these cars and we love them, we want to own them, that kind of thing. Which is why we recommend them so mm-hmm. much. Sure, and I sure. think to myself, would I buy this car? And if so, what's the reason? Why Infinity? Why would I be attracted to this mm-hmm. brand? And then could I recommend this to people listening? Partially, it's very much an alt. As you and I talked about, this is mm-hmm. an alt of alts. And by, yeah. by that, I mean, you know, this is not just even sort of the first tier of alternative choices. You, you're it's a kind buyer, of on the second. You're a buyer that doesn't want a usual suspect. I don't want a BMW. I don't want an Very Audi. much so. You know what? Everybody, I feel like, has a Cayman, and I don't like – I'm, I'm projecting here. Everybody I know, I feel like, that buys a sports car, buys a Cayman. Todd and Paul won't shut up about them. I don't want a Cayman. I right. feel like all the guys in right. Porsches are fill in the blank. Whatever. You don't want any of those cars, but you want a fast, interesting rear-wheel drive coupe. This kind of be- rises through, and you go, oh, Infinity QS60. Wow, that's powerful. Unfortunately. <laughs> Man, is it ever. Unfortunately. And, it's, and it's, got, it's got a nice interior, decent seats. I was impressed with it. It was good on the back road. 
I had two issues okay. with that car. Okay. And this is coming off the fact that I think it's very impressive. And I actually think the styling, I've, I've seen them on the road, like going through traffic, and they turn my head on the road. I think the yeah. styling works better in person than it, than it does even on the show floor. Agreed. Moving, but it works better. Yeah. Lots of piano black and glass in the center console, sure. which means yeah. welcome to fingerprints. Yeah. And the other, which look, that's a lot of cars. It's not not down on only Infinity. It's a lot of people, but it's very true here. But the other thing is, this is a car lacking in steering feel. Interesting. I I agree about the feel and the Infinity. I went digging into their press kit about this mm-hmm. car mm-hmm. because the entire point of this direct adaptive steering is what they call it. They are directly trying to reduce unwanted steering feel, typically generated by a conventional steering system. That is directly out of their press kit. Mm-hmm. They're actually going after doing that, and, and you're right. Mm-hmm. They have accomplished that. But there was part of it that attracted me to this steering feel, and that was the initial turn-in. Oh, it's an incredibly sharp steering rack. It was very precise and sharp, yes. very initially turn-in. Yes. And so you think initially, oh, wow, this is, this is quite crisp. This mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. There's something here. And it does have that, but then it insulates you from everything else. There's no feel to the car. It was a very sharp, very tight steering rack. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the ratio was. Maybe you looked it up. But it has to be on the sharper end of those being sold. It very felt like so. No, I didn't look it, it up. It felt like the FRS world, okay, which is a pretty pretty sharp yeah. steering rack as far as how, how little movement you have to make with the wheel to, to get the car to dive in. But you're doing that in a vacuum. They're doing that without information. True, but it does keep in keeping with ethos of, you know what? This is on the high end of the luxury spectrum, and true. this is not a stripped-down race car. You don't want to be bothered. All that kind of stuff. You are not a Lotus Elise driver. Yes. I mean, you're right. not every right. car is an Elise. We know this. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> but it should be. That is, that's still a shirt. <laughs> I, that, that is a shirt I'm I must I'm not sure make. if I'd go that far, but I, I hear you. I mean, it is well, amazing. But, but for me and the 50 people that want that shirt, it'll be a great shirt. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But that, definitely, I mean, this is a car that wants to insulate you and still give you mm-hmm. a mix. And for those reasons, styling and giving you sort of a mix between, huh, I could get after it, the power, mm-hmm. unbelievable power. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the fact that it, it insulates you and it's still a luxury car and you feel that, that's what's going to start appealing to people. It's it's an affordable high-end GT car. It's a good way of putting it. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if you're looking for – and I, I want to jump to the other big GT car that was there, the LC500 in oh, just a yeah. second. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, but that's the thing. I felt like this is in that same progression. You want a GT car that amazes you with it's got good styling and it's got a nice interior and, wow, this has got a lot of power – it's not my sharp back road car, but I don't need it to be. Mm-hmm. And the Infinity is on the affordable end of that scale because the LC500 is essentially about a $100,000 car. Yeah. But oh, yeah. man. I'm not unimpressed, which is a terrible way to say that. That's, I a, like, weird, that's a weird intro. I like okay. the Infinity, but then, of course, I'm a German car guy, and yeah. you know, there's all these other choices. But it's an excellent car i could see us recommending for the people who are tired of the german stuff and sure, don't want sure. an american car oh, infinity, yeah it could really work for a lot of people i'm actually liking and encouraged by the direction infinity is going i can car. see that i can see that but yeah to your point about the lexus mm-hmm. we both drove this actually on track it was one of the rare cars there weren't a whole lot of cars available for track and in general most of the track stuff felt like oh i see why you brought that to put it on the track and then there's the LC500, which felt like the oddball in that group. I don't know if it did to you, but I to was me, I, wondering. I kept, I kept why going. Did you mark what, this for track? I, I, because especially considering, and we'll get to it, but especially considering Mercedes brought the GT, <laughs> the AMG GT, yeah, but didn't have it available for track use. Right. Exactly. And here's Lexus, 
I mean, it's like like they swapped personalities. Here's Lexus Very over here so. with the LC500, and it was in almost a chrome silver, which made it look like a car out of a future movie, I felt like. <laughs> I had negative feelings about this car coming into this really? day. Really? Interesting. Okay. I haven't been too wild about it. It seemed like a a very um, neutralized 6 Series to me. BMW 6 Series. Huh. Just sort of a neutered kind of soft GT car. Interesting. Somebody buying is going to be in his, you know, mid 60s. Probably will be. Sold a company. Probably will and be. And just kind of cruises around in it and it's the whole Lexus buyer and insulated mm-hmm. from everything and short of a Rolls-Royce, you can't hear anything outside your car. Yeah. Yeah. And I came away completely changed after driving this car. Very cool. Completely changed. This was a huge surprise. Mm, that's Because great. of this it. little functionality called Sport Plus mode. There is Sport Plus. Sport Plus is your friend. Yes. Coming away, I felt like this was a, a car that got smaller the faster you drove it. Interesting. Okay. Doesn't happen with a lot of cars. Happens yeah. with Porsches, specifically the Panameras. The yes, the Panameras are a great example of that. True. But this car kind of got after it and started to dance. It started to actually dance around the track. It wasn't tiptoeing. It wasn't lumbering. I was shocked at the mm-hmm. first turn in. Really? I couldn't believe. I thought, well, this is delightful and interesting and mm-hmm. actually feels mm-hmm. kind of fresh. And for the most part, a light feel, mm-hmm. which really impressed me. Good power, even though this the stat sheet says it doesn't have nearly as much power as the GTS, the, the Mercedes, sure, or sure, sure, any of these other cars. But, but it's a big, but it's a big old school powerful V8 is. with just a, a noise and power and those kind of looks. Honestly, I I didn't think I'd like it very much, and I was looking at it thinking I don't have to drive it. I don't really want to know. I just I kept encouraging you. Yeah, eh, I'm not not too into it. And then I came away really liking it. I like how it looks rolling now. Mm-hmm. I like how it looks going fast. But yeah, that Sport Plus mode has really changed the characteristics. And I, it feels like they have changed more about the car than just, you know what, we sharpen the throttle response and we quicken the steering ratio and that's about it. It seems like they did a lot because there's a huge differentiation between you just got in the car and started it, mm-hmm. comfort mode, mm-hmm. and then you had it on track. That's something there's I... There's a big gulf in there. Yeah, it's something I really appreciate from any automaker when... I want to be able, when I change modes, the car really did something different. Don't you feel like that's the case? The Lexus did that. I I have a few different impressions on that car than you did. However, I was impressed. I I feel like, now look, we're talking about cars over 100 grand now. We're not talking all that relatable. Sure, I I agree. But but I love that you brought up the 6 Series because I hadn't thought about it in those terms. And I'm going to say it right now. I'd take the LC500 over a 6 series. I would too. But but I will say this now. Again, this was a car for track, which if you're going to throw a car out, like put this on the track, you're saying we have this sorted for track use. True. We're not you're not look, as a manufacturer you're not saying this is a track car. But you're right. saying big put difference. This, put this on the track you'll be surprised. I'll speak to another thing you're going to have to talk to later because I didn't drive it and you must tell us about the Trackhawk. Oh, <laughs> another example of a car that would you buy it to be your track car? No, but by having it there available for track use, what are you saying as Dodge? You're saying take this out there because it'll hold up on the track. So Lexus has got this LC500 sitting there for track use. And I took it out and was very impressed with the interior. It, it, they, they've nailed the GT car. Great interior, good looks, not, wonderful place to be. Technologically nice advanced. Yes. Hyper interesting visuals to Agreed. look at. Agreed. Yeah. I was very impressed. Yeah. However, however, uh oh, 
if you if you've ever driven Willow Springs, the big track, okay, it's a fast track. It was what's known to be a fast track. Yeah. Oh yeah. I had a problem every lap, and that was the end of the front straight. Okay. End of the front straight, you're coming in hot. You're in any mm-hmm. car, you're coming in well into triple digits. It, oh, yeah. it, like the BRZ comes in at over triple digits, folks. So it's a fast oh, front straight. Yeah. You've got hard braking, and if you do it right, hard braking, and you cut in left, you can hit the apex, and you kind of slide out on the track. There's yeah. like, there's like a, a crown on the track, and you kind of slide over the crown on the track to the far side at the end of turn one. Got to know where that is, but it's yeah. awesome. It's Use awesome. all your track. It's really, really it, fun. Right? It's one of my favorite corners on the track. However, in my friend, the Lexus, which I really do like, I had an experience that was involuntary. Okay. Every time at the end of the front straight, I would get on the brakes, and as I would get on the brakes, there would be a split-second delay, and then when I would turn, there would be a split-second delay. Both of those cases, the car's delay from my input was enough that involuntarily the hair stood up on the back of my neck as a, oh, what's going on? Why didn't it do anything? Hmm. For just a split second, and then the car hmm. responded, which I have, to give it, I have to give it a pass because it does what it's supposed to do well, and that is be a GT car. But it did have this subconscious layer of delay that just put my hackles up every time it happened. That's interesting. I'd slam on the brakes and be like, wait, where did the – oh, there's the brake. I'd turn in. Wait, why isn't it – oh, now it's turning. I'm wondering, I'm musing here now about driving styles and the fact that you're used to such an analog car where the steering rack is quite literally ball joints. You can see it. There's, there's <laughs> no slop. There's no play. You're right. You're right. And comparing, I mean, you, you're coming from an Elise. I'm coming in with coming bias. Daily, coming in a, with, with a specific need. You're right. Nobody does this. You're right. You're one of three people on the planet that does this. <laughs> I don't know who the fair. other two are, fair, but fair. they're okay. going to find us soon, and mm-hmm. you're going to all have a shirt party Woo-hoo. anyway. So you think about the mechanical nature. There's no, there's zero yeah, slop. You're right. There's also, there's also no weight. You're right. You're right. So I think what you're describing is indicative of electronics. And the proliferation of electronics, drive-by wire throttle, brakes, adaptive brakes, all these systems that car manufacturers are doing. And a much bigger car. Much heavier, much bigger car. Not that that's a bad thing. Oh, I, I agree. didn't experience I agree. that, and it wasn't on my mind. And so I, I come back to driving styles alone mm-hmm. because I had all the confidence in the world that the brakes are going to work fine. The steering's going to turn in. We're going to be just fine. It's going to be, hey, the Sport Plus, the car is very low. It's mm-hmm. tight. It feels mm-hmm. real strong through the corners. Well, and I like, so I didn't detect that, and maybe mm-hmm. it's just driving styles that allow you to detect and that. expectation. And, and you're right, subconscious expectations. Because I'll give you two other examples. In the Omega, on which is a, there's an uphill section which makes a weird kind of canted Q shape, if you will, on the top of Willow Springs. I know I'm getting really track geeky here, but the back would want to get out on the Lexus, and it was it was fun. It was very nice. Yeah. And everywhere else on the track, too. everywhere else on the track, you can, you can, I mean, you can just make it do it. It's just fun. Yeah. But, but everywhere else on the track, you know, I, I, it had enough response, but I just kept having that subconscious reality. And then later, actually, I, to be honest, four times, I got in the BRZ on track <laughs> and the BRZ just, I kept driving it thinking, and that's why I kept getting in it. Whenever it would sit, almost all the track cars were always on the track, but whenever mm-hmm. the BRZ would sit, I would just wander over and be like, if nobody else is going to take this out, <laughs> I've got a racetrack and a BRZ. And it was the good one with the upgraded shocks and, and brakes. Yeah. So I just kept I taking impressed. it out because it's completely direct. It's completely right now. Honestly, I love that BRZ on track. I just mm-hmm. don't want to mm-hmm. be driving and commuting around it. See, I don't care. I do that anyway. I know. I, I, I just, I don't. 
But, you know, you can't say, well, my cargo ship doesn't turn nearly as well as my jet ski. You're right. You, you just no, can't. No, you're right. And that's, that, and that's the that's thing. That's not I even got, apples to oranges or apples to any other fruit. I got out of the LC500, and the, then the Lexus guy asked, because of course they do, the Lexus PR guy asked me, what'd you think? And I had to tell him honestly. It's not a Lotus. I had to tell him honestly, <laughs> it's awesome. It is. The LC500 is it really is. awesome. And if you're shopping, honestly, this is a tiny, tiny fraction of our audience. But if you're shopping in the $100,000 GT car range, it must be on your radar. It You've must You've got to go drive this car. It's very cool. Yeah. It's not me, clearly, and it's not a lot of people budget-wise. But it, I think it was a genuine surprise for both of us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, another, well, it wasn't a surprise, but I'll talk about the Trackhawk briefly. Please, please, because I didn't drive it. But because you, because you daily— I had to drive this Because car. you daily the Cherokee. Yeah. The Grand Cherokee. You have to talk about it. You have to. You you have a rare experience. Like you just talked about my, how my Lotus experience affects the LC500. How does your Grand Cherokee experience affect the Trackhawk? Well, as you know, I have a Grand Cherokee Overland, so that means it's got the 360 horsepower V8, 5.7 liter V8. Right. Not an unpowerful version, by the way. Oh, man. Up on ramps? I'm gone. You're gone. 4,000 RPM. There's gobs of torque. I'm gone. You, yeah. When I drive your car after our Cayenne, and I like our Cayenne. Our Cayenne's got good power. Your Jeep just walks it. It it's, just walks it. It's effortless. So now imagine a 707-horsepower Hellcat motor in that car, in the Jeep. You nearly doubled it. Nearly. Almost. I mean, it's it's 13 horsepower shy of what I... Of twice of, as much. twice as much horsepower. Right. Holy cow. Now, <laughs> I will caveat this by saying FCA brought a pro driver riding shotgun at all times with mm-hmm. any journalist who put this on track, as they did with the wide-body Hellcat... They had drivers and instructors riding shotgun. And the Julia as well. Uh, did, you, did you drive the I quadrifolio? I didn't get in the Julia. I drove the quadrifolio. The this, is, this was the swap, but keep going. Okay. Yeah. All right. I had to drive the Trackhawk. I'm I glad have you to did. Know. I'm really glad you did. Trackhawk's not even for sale on the FCA website or the Jeep website at this point, because I thought, well, I got to go look at it, unless it has a microsite, <laughs> but it's not available on Jeep.com. Okay. It will be, I'm sure. But holy cow, as our friend Jamie would say, well, they're never going to make that because they kept blowing diffs and in the <laughs> engineering and trying to figure it out. They have. Mm, mm. Uh, have they ever? Imagine, yeah, my Jeep, it gets after it. And you, you know, you yeah, wait. And then, it does. Okay, suddenly we're going fast. It's, it's doubled. It's not even double in feel. It's quadrupled in feel. Ooh. It takes a 5,500-pound 5, Jeep. And turns it into a little tiny toy. <laughs> this is what horsepower could do. Stunning. Horsepower and torque. Yeah. Stunning. My big question is, who's going to buy it? It's a novelty. It is. Because when it, it comes is. to jeeping and jeeps and the whole ethos of jeep, why? And now FCA is going to drop that motor in probably something else. Maybe a Chrysler. We'll mm. see. Mm. But they have this brilliant engine. And they're putting it now in three versions, three cars, right? I'm just, I'm floored by how fast it made a Jeep move. The Hell Kitty. We got to do that. It's the Dodge Dart with the Hellcat motor. It's the Hell Kitty. Yeah. Every time that Jeep came by in the front straightaway. It was angry. Not only did it sound fast, it was moving faster than you thought it would be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You had to like recalibrate your head turn. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Something something the size of a red house should not be moving that quickly down the front straight. Everybody was, of course, tiptoeing around in these cars with the pro drivers in the cars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Suddenly they're judging your driving skills. Of course they are. And, you know, giving you input and you don't want to put a foot wrong and all that kind of stuff. Or a wheel and tumble off of turn nine. Yeah. The steering feel is still 
completely lacking. There, there's zero feel. <laughs> okay. Okay. But it does turn in pretty hard. And the power, it just, the power overcomes everything. You screw up, add power. <laughs> and and it's the all-wheel drive going. And mm-hmm. does, it, does it dig out mid-corner because of that power? It doesn't need to. Oh, you there's, just, you there's just there's wait no, until you get it straight no and put it down. Yeah, okay. There's no, okay, now we got to get out of the hole or, you know, there's none of that. <laughs> it doesn't exist with the track hawk. And then you think, well, I'm sitting way up high and... All this, all this space around me. Holy cow! How does this car do it? Yeah, they've really done something. Wow! It's wow. I mean, the brakes, the shocks, everything. It's now tuned. So, okay, congratulations, FCA. Well, it'll be you've done it. I don't know what the tow rating is, but it'll now be what? somebody's. It'll be somebody's track hauler. That's what that's people. Well, will sure, buy. it'll be track hauler. It'll be bragging right car. You sure? It'll be either a track hauler. Or it'll be the people that want to be able to say they can embarrass the people that they know that have turbo cayennes and they didn't want to buy a turbo cayenne. Well, that and the fact that I'm convinced that Jeep and Dodge are now building cars solely for the YouTube universe. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, 80 grand for that car. Cool. But you, it's a party trick just like a Tesla. It is. Yeah. And then what? You're just going to be throwing money at gas. Well, it was stunning. It was staggering. It's super cool, and I love it. <laughs> I thought, should I trade up for, you know, I wonder really how much they're... Frightening. No. Fl- no. I, <laughs> I loved it, and I came away thinking, it's in that category of the SEMA trucks. I, what am I going to use this for? Sure. Honestly. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of FCA, expensive FCA product with uh, pro driver sitting shotgun, I did take the Quadrifoglio out on the track. Now, you and I love that car. Yeah. The Quadrifoglio. curious. We love that car. Watch our uh, from season one. It's actually this is the only rerun in season two because it's a very strong episode. A lot of people have liked that Alpha M3 piece is yeah, playing yeah, as yeah. part of season two. It's the only rerun. Everything else is brand new. Anyway, um, so we've driven that against the M3 competition pack, and we really liked it. But I thought I haven't actually tracked that. I want to track it. They had a blue one, and they were for all of the reliability discussion. It was just being hooned all day, and the only time they parked it was to check tires. Hmm. Otherwise, it was just, who's next? Who's next? And, Glad to hear that, actually. And we, and we were hammering on it. And I got in it right after Michael Harley. our friend. And Michael's a shoe. Michael can drive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not, he's not pussyfooting around anything. He's driving hard. Sure. Okay? Oh, yeah. So I got in right after Michael. I drove it pretty hard. This car was being driven really hard. And I just have to say, it's one of those sedans. And I love this when it happens in a sedan. When I'm in the middle of driving a sedan on a track, and I just think... Chevy SS, an example of this. Sure. I just think, this is a family car you could just take to the track. <laughs> it's a four-door sedan. Hang on, kids. Strap in. Put a helmet on. We're going to the track. I love those cars. I, I Obviously, I look at my garage. Look I at hope. my garage. I don't shop that way. But for the dads out there where you've got to get a four-door sedan and you want to have fun, there's a limited number of those cars. Yes, the M3 is on that list. Yes, the big AMGs are on that list, like the the C and the E63 AMGs from Mercedes. They're on that list. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that Alpha just dances. That's great to hear. Because we had it on Canyon Roads and were impressed. Mm -hmm. So if you loved it on track. I really liked it on track. And that that gearbox. Yeah, I was going to say, how was that? It continues to act like we talked about in on the the canyon piece, and that is here's a dual, here's a uh, automatic gearbox, not a dual clutch, that does a good job of acting like one. Hmm. Yeah. That's what I liked about yep. it. 
I still don't like the moose antlers behind the wheel. They still annoy me. <laughs> I want them on the wheel and smaller. The, the moose antlers on the column, I'm fighting with them and hitting turn signals, and I it's not good. Stelvio has them too. I know you do. But, <laughs> but at the same time, I just – it was one of those experiences where I was – and we're only getting like three laps in these cars. But what I love is when, you're, when you get through your first lap and you're just comfortable. You're yeah. just comfortable. And sure. that was the Julia on track, which was great. I was just like, let's keep going. Glad awesome. to hear. All right, so we've run a little bit long. We'll take a brief a little break. <laughs> we'll take we'll take a quick break and come back with a few more favorites on track and on the street drives, and then we'll get to some listener questions. We'll be right back. Let's talk about our friends at True Car real quick. When you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure you're getting a price on an actual vehicle. It's not like theoretical. You want a car that's actually sitting on a lot somewhere. Unfortunately, that's not always the case. You can wind up configuring a car online only to find out, yeah, that one you wanted, we don't have that. But with TrueCar, you get real pricing on actual inventory. Now, this is not pricing offered by TrueCar, but pricing from an actual dealer. And not just any dealer, but a TrueCar certified dealer, which is a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price. So using TrueCar, you can easily find the car you want. You can see what other people in your area paid for that car. That's a nice comparison thing to see. There are over 13,000 True Car certified dealers nationwide, and the average True Car user saves $3,000 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets. Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it, GEICO could save you 15% or more on car insurance. All right, so as you have been uh, aware, we've been talking about favorites on track, just some recent cars, brand new cars that we've all mm-hmm. been driving here. Mm-hmm. I say all, oh, it's just me and you. But I feel like we've got we've to translate these share. experiences to everybody listening. So what? I come back to some favorites that stood out, either street or track for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. What are, say, a couple of favorites that things that surprised you, things you really love, things you didn't expect? I'm going to try to go quick okay. because otherwise this will be a four-hour podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, I decided to drive the three competitors that were sitting there in street drive because, of course, the five-seat SUV is the rock star segment right now. Yeah, And they had a BMW X3, a Volvo XC60, and the Alfa Stelvio side by side by side. I drove them back to back to back. Excellent. I mean, that's that's a review on camera right there. Absolutely. I'm going to say that the X3 is solid. It's solid. Yeah. Okay. But I didn't feel like it was a standout. The Stelvio, you and I didn't agree. We both drove the Stelvio. The Stelvio, I think, is your cheaper Macan alternative. Now, the interior doesn't sure. hold up compared to these others. It doesn't hold And, and all of these, as, as spec, I should say, all of these as spec, these start at forty grand. Mm-hmm. As spec, of course, they were everything because it's a press car. They were sixty. Okay? But a lot of people buying new cars are spending forty to fifty grand at this point. The average True. is thirty. Yeah. Okay, so uh, this is a little on the high side, but the but the level below this, if you think about it, is the CRVs and the CX-5s of the world, which we like. Mm-hmm. But that's the level below this, All right? True. So yeah. anyway, so drove these guys. The Alfa Stelvio is the jacked up version of the Julia as far as dynamics. 
I love the turning. Right. I love the dynamics. I'm a sucker for dynamics. It feels like the Macan for less money. It doesn't feel as nice as the Macan, but it's the Macan for less money. So I liked that. That was its standout quality across the board. <laughs> That's the slogan. That's the tagline. Macan for cheaper. Love well, the Macan, but can't afford one? How about a Stelvio? <laughs> exactly. And then marketing people were giving but, you gold here. But here's the thing. You have mentioned the Volvo XC60 to many people on the podcast as a recommendation, and now I have to fully back your play. I'm glad to be vindicated. I drove this car, too. I'm really impressed with it. Honestly, high marks in everything. High marks in everything. Loved the interior. Loved the space. The dynamics, the dynamics were not great, but the dynamics for what that car is are perfectly good. There's there's nothing wrong with it. You don't yeah. the, the Stelvio and the Macan. These are cars, and that's not damning a faint praise. No, no, because the Stelvio and the Macan handle in ways that cars like this shouldn't need to. Sure, the sure. XC60 does great for anything you're really going to do. Nobody's going to drive the XC60 like I drove the XC60. It's just not going to happen unless you're going <laughs> no. out like I am to hoon it to go. What does it do? That's the, I mean, <laughs> what does this uh, seriously? Do? But speaking of what does this button do? <laughs> I'm driving the XC60 back. I was on the back half of my street drive and I was playing with the seat. I hit a button and went. Oh, wait, seat massage. <laughs> That's and then right. I and then I took like an extra. I would have 30, known if you hadn't. I told took like me. an extra thirty percent of the drive because I was just like, that feels really nice. I, I've driven like three track cars. I'm getting my back massage. This is great. Lower, lower, <laughs> not, and not because <laughs> look, 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 look. I don't like the XC60 because it has seat massagers. Lots of cars do, but I did have this thought. At sixty grand, I couldn't come up with anything that like tech and nice luxury wise that the car didn't have. Hmm. Yeah, I, I came away completely with you this is a supercharged and turbocharged engine in the fully loaded they're putting in everything all right so i came away thinking all right negatives this strange high speed supersonic whistle that i detected but okay i did notice this variable steering resistance it lightened up like crazy when you're driving around slowly Mm -hmm. and then it actually gave you some force when you were at higher speeds yeah which i liked by the eco mode on all of these cars is terrible but yeah but i got out of eco mode as rapidly i did drive an eco mode only to go yep it's as bad (laughs) only to realize nope let's go to a different mode no but i i come away thinking this is an amazing vehicle it's so well built it's gorgeous excellent it's jewelry on the inside interior just kicks audi right in the teeth now yeah honestly but for $63,000, I want a used Cayenne. Okay. And my problem okay. is dynamics. I feel like you're right. There's nothing wrong with a Volvo. On the Alpha, however, it has that initial sharp turn-in that was immediately let down by massive body roll. Well, That negated yeah. it and over-negated this, hey, this initial sharp turn-in. Oh, this is great. Whoa. This thing's See, listing now. It didn't bother me that much. And I didn't feel like it was listing. I didn't feel that. I detected a lot in that car. Okay. All right. But I wonder if they're deliberately setting up this TI version in the Stelvio because the super hot whatever Mm. Stelvio version is That is a good point. We're we're not driving like a quadrifolio version of Stelvio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I wonder if that's a deliberate choice. Interesting. Maybe. You know, then, oh, then we'll detect a huge Mm -hmm. difference Mm -hmm. and the super hot Stelvio will be awesome and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. I um, also had the chance to drive a Mercedes AMG 63S on track. <clears throat> it was the E63, right? E63. E63, yes. E63S. Yeah. E63 Heard that growling around the track all day. I did not get in that one. Yeah. Holy moly. I'm so impressed with the Mercedes now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and amazing. Staying in the Mercedes theme, finally had the opportunity to drive the AMG GTS. Mm-hmm. 
Yikes. Posted that photo on Instagram. Yes. Good night. This car is, it's everything and more that I wanted that car shape to be, to sure, deliver. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. The seats were rock hard. It growled. In a good it was way. angry. It felt like the wheels were just a, an entire cylinder from side to side of the car. It was just one big cylinder front and back. Okay. It felt like that much road crushing it, yeah, power it, it, in this car. That, yes, that is, a, that is a weapon for the road. There's, just, no, there's no dancing in that car. It is it is punishing the pavement. <laughs> totally. And it may have been I had I had a dig come out of a corner. It may have been. I don't know, obviously, but it may have been the fastest I've ever gone from twenty to hundred and twenty. <laughs> it may have been the shortest time ever I have accomplished that distance. Because I just, didn't I didn't I, I happened to just turn a corner. I had to go down into first in this really sharp corner. I turned the corner and just thought, this is my shot at it. Put my foot to the floor and and things I could not repeat on this podcast were said. <laughs> and then I looked down and it was a hundred and twenty. So twenty to hundred and twenty, I think faster I've ever gone. I'm shocked with this car, but everything about it, the attitude, the build quality, all this stuff, the power, it all matches. And I've never felt like this is so worth the money. In a car, interesting. Before it, it just felt like, yeah, I, I could do this. It's just a hammer. It's a iron glove and an iron glove. It just doesn't care. <laughs> wow, I mean, no subtlety about it. Uh, yeah, fair. It fair, fair. just bashes everything, and I loved it for that. And the okay. build quality, and it felt like a supercar. It felt exotic. Yeah. It yeah, felt yeah. unique and special. And All these angry. things. And angry. Oh man, did it ever? Yeah. It just yeah, I, I felt like. The wheels were just one long cylinder. It felt like one that, long cylinder like I was of rubber. Feeling they're so wide, I, yeah, I could yeah, feel yeah. it on the road. That's what this car felt. It, like to I, me. Every time I drove it, I just thought it felt like it was punishing the pavement, the which in, in a great way. In a great way, yeah, yeah. I, I do like that. I want to run through a couple of this quick. I have to say, I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. It was sitting right there, staring at me with all of its questionable styling. <laughs> the new Camry. <laughs> Camrys are easy to hate oh, on. It's questionable everything. They're easy to hate on, okay? Sure. But here was a loaded out Camry, and I got in it and just thought, all right, all right, it's fine. I, I need to drive this car to be able to talk about it. And I, and I do have to say, the thing I've always thought about Camrys was true here. Here's a car that's going to cost the way they had it spec. Of course, it was a press pre-production, so there weren't really sure. good prices. With the black painted roof that actually kind of mm -hmm. makes it look cool. I, mean, I don't cool agree. Being a relative term. I don't agree, but I, okay. They did something. It's better than prior Camrys. <sighs> That's a low bar. I know. It's a but low bar. Hey, we got to start somewhere. But but I did get in and, and I had the same feeling I felt in every generation of Camry I've ever driven. The value of it when you're sitting in it makes it hard to walk away. Because yeah. I'd been in cars that were costing. 10, 15, 20, 30 grand more than the Camry I was sitting in. Easy, sure. That day, and I kept looking around and going, they've done a better job of hiding bad materials in this Camry. Oh, look, I'll call it out. The Camry feels like a more expensive interior than the Stelvio. Okay. That's a problem. I didn't get in the Camry, and that's a problem. Deliberate choice on my part. But, but, you, but, but I that's can what I'm see saying. That, if you're I in the Camry it. and the interior, because of the way they've. The shapes that they've done and the breakup, which you'd like to talk about, and the materials that they've used, mm -hmm, you just think, mm -hmm. this is a nice place to be. And then you get in the Stelvio and it doesn't feel as nice. That makes you buy the Camry. Yeah. Now, honestly, I hooned it down the same roads. The Stelvio was better dynamically. Most everything else I drove all day was better dynamically. But are we surprised? No. Even in sport mode, are we? But it's got power. I mean, the, the thing is, every time I drive a Camry, I come away going, this is why people buy tons of them. Yeah. 
it's personality less, but it's done incredibly well. And that is very true of this current Camry. No personality. Now with a new shape and different colors yes. and a black yes, roof. Yes, true, true. But, I mean, really, and this was white with, you know, all the black accents and a bright red interior. I mean, they're trying. Hmm. They're trying. That sounds, sounds Star Wars-y to me. It does. It does. But, yeah, it was very very Stormtrooper wearing red underwear. That's very much what it was. <laughs> yes. I, I went there. But, but here's wow. the thing. I, I just kept thinking, if you're not a person that's chasing a specific personality or specific characteristic in dynamics for a car, I see why you buy this. Because it's sure. just, it's just, it's full of tech. It's got nice materials. It'll run. Oh, it's got decent power. We should just buy the Camry. It's always struck me as a compromised car. And again, I didn't drive it. I didn't even get in it. But Camrys have just always worked. Mm-hmm. They just run and run and run. Everything just works. Stuff rarely falls apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does, but it just, everything just seems to work and seems, the perception is just solid and I, I can just rely on it. I don't have to worry about it. That also taps into the, the thing that you're describing here is mm-hmm. it's just going to work as mm-hmm. well. And I'm just getting value for my money. Got all the stuff I need. I had a boss once who had a Camry, and I drove it a few times. And that was the point he said to me. He said, why would I get anything else? Everything I need is here. And if that's what you're looking for, yeah. and you don't have any of those other that's, things. That's why you buy it. Because all of these it's other things, the dynamics or the power, anything else, that's always negated by something that we're willing to live with. Yes. Whereas you yes. don't have to do that with a Camry. Mm-hmm. It's well. If you make a car that's sevens across the board, which is what they've done, which is what Camrys are, it, are they sevens? Are they yeah. that high? Yeah, I would say it's sevens. Okay, you know. Okay, I'm but just asking. Sevens. It's a C student, but it's a C student across okay. every category. Okay. Over here, you've got a hundred for uh, for interaction in a Lotus Elise, and about a thirty in how nice is this a place to sit. You know what I mean? So sure. you've got sevens across the board. Okay, I'm still not sold. I'm I'm listening to us talk about it over here, and I'm but still anyway, not sold on this car. I'm not. I'm not try, trust Yikes. me, I'm not trying to sell the Camry. I'm just making the point for I understand why they sell. If yeah, you're listening to this show, I want do. you in something more interesting than a Camry. But I every time I drive one, I go, of course they can't make these fast enough. Hmm. Wow. This uh, wow, we just ate up all the time. We're gonna have to get to some of these questions on our we next should. podcast. We should, yes. We've got a. There's so many good ones that came in. So, but you know, you got to hear about all these cars that we drove. Okay, so real quickly, some other cars that we drove here. Yeah, I'm not done yet either. That's what's crazy. We're still going. <laughs> We're still going. So we might as well just embrace it and get to questions next time. <laughs> uh, what else? There was a Jaguar F-Type 400 mm. all-wheel drive, which is only being made for the 2018 model year. All-wheel drive again. Holy moly. Yeah. You rolled back in on this, and I was glad that you were in this. And I said, oh, I've got to get in this, you know, because so, we've got to talk about this car. Mm-hmm. V6, mm-hmm. 400 horsepower. Yeah. What did you think of this car? Well, the big thing it took away, you pointed out to me after I drove it that it was all-wheel drive. So that's... Shocking, that's wasn't it? really impressive. Yeah. But, but here's the thing. Every F-Type I've driven, I've driven a few. Every F-Type I've driven... I just come away going, they did this car so right, balance-wise. Mm-hmm. And it was true in the 400 Sport. The balance is wonderful. But I also thought about this, and I mentioned this to you before. I think the F-Type is the car that I would buy instead of a 911. could see that. Because we if you look at the this. progression of cars that I like, if you, if you start with the FRS, it's like follow that progression up toward nicer GT cars, you wind mm-hmm. up with something like the F-Type. And with that V6 in it, it's it's delicate. It's got nice steering feel. It's a wonderful interior. 
I am the guy that would buy the Jag F-Type because everybody has a 911. I am also that guy. For the sake of polarity. I would buy it because... Yes. Well, and of course, now we can make the joke because it's British. That's not the reason. And it's but, British. Yeah, there's that as well. Uh-huh. But I just... I was genuinely impressed with it, um, and it makes me think... The other thing I thought about was, this is your cheaper Aston. True. This yeah. is your Aston Martin yeah. for half the money. They're gorgeous looking. Yeah. I was impressed with the build quality. I was impressed with the power, although it seemed to spool up. It didn't kind of shove you in the back, and I need to look this up. I did not look at the specs. Is this a turboed car, or oh, was this yeah. naturally aspirated? Yeah, 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 yeah. definitely. Then that, it's got to be it's a not very a, It's not a naturally aspirated V6. I didn't think so, but it, no. it felt the surge of a naturally aspirated engine to me. Yeah. It didn't just nail you in the back. It just well. <laughs> shoved you. It was fast. Yeah. If you drive it anywhere within like a four-hour range of that AMG, everything well, is waiting on its power. It's everything true. is. <laughs> if it's not the AMG GTS... You're slow. Anyway, uh, I described this car to you as it felt like the rev capabilities of a BMW inline six. Yeah, you did mention that. It felt like that. It felt very mechanical and felt like it was just willing to rev. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But it had those qualities, and I could see why you liked it. It had that light steering feel, despite being all-wheel drive. Yes, I was quite impressed to discover after the fact it was all-wheel drive. Light inputs, but still good feel to the Mm -hmm, wheel. mm Mm-hmm. So it was very impressive, and I could see why you know it had that mechanical nature that you love about the Lotus, mm-hmm. but still this light feel, and then yet it was now you're kind of in a GT car size, small, yeah. smaller, yeah. yeah, a little bit, but great build quality. The visibility was good, looks great. Visibility was surprising, actually. I remember I actually yeah. took a note at one point in that car to just be like, how well can I see out? And I kept looking all around, just thinking about it just in those terms. Mm-hmm. I thought, no, actually, you know what? Really well. It's so interesting that, you know, new designs are constantly going to be generated by car companies. Hopefully. And that's, that's always a thing. You know, you think, all right, well, that looks good, but how are the occupants? Can you see out of the thing? You know? There is that issue. I have to bring up something that you and I got to do at this, at this track event that we don't ever get to do. Okay. And that was play chase. Oh, yes. Um, I, well, it, I was it, in a car that was down 40 horsepower. Well, but you were also in a car that was a turbo with more torque than I had. A you little. were in you were in the Fiat one twenty four Spider Abart. Yeah. And I was in the BRZ. <laughs> and we were just kind issues. of playing tag. You had I, I was following you in turn two and I think I could see up underneath the skirt of the car. <laughs> I had a few body roll issues yeah. that were but, not fun to deal with. But here's the thing. Both of those cars back we're coming we're crashing back down to earth here price wise. Yes. Which is good and relevant. Very okay? much so. But the we drove the the one twenty four spider again. I keep pitching season two because it's on my brain. That's in episode one of mm-hmm. season two. Well, we weren't in the Abarth. We weren't in the Abarth. Just the one twenty four. There is a four horsepower difference. So I'm just Go gonna ahead. give us a pass. And the same amount of body roll. I'm gonna on give you. us yeah. I'm gonna give us a pass anyway. Um, but um, <laughs> so the one twenty four spider, which was very funny because a lot of big guys drove that car that day and they had the top down, and so we're all sticking our heads out <laughs> of the roof, leaning yeah, to exactly, the left with, with a huge bobblehead in the top, especially when I drove it. But but you were in the one twenty four. I was in the BRZ, and I just kept, I drove both those cars on the track, and yeah. they're just yeah. fun. Yeah, they were both they're just such a delight. Yeah. And I have to give one more shout-out to the 86 platform. Again, <laughs> I drove it four times. I don't think it's ever going to stop, but continue. I just... I Because I own the Elise now, and I love driving it, mm-hmm. but I am aware of the fact of the Elise, you have to respect it at all times. Sure. The 86 platform, if you want to get into high-speed driving, if you want to track a car... This needs to be on your extreme shortlist alongside the Miata. And I would mm-hmm. almost argue for dedicated track use as far as a factory spec car from the factory, I would still say 86 more. It feels like it will never bite. 
Well, now we haven't driven the cup versions of the MX-5. They still have body roll. Look look at the Flying Miata guys. Go to page one of the Flying Miata website and what they are selling on page one is a way to stop the body roll of your club version. Yeah. This is a known issue. Agreed. So you can't throw club version at me and say, don't care if the Flying Miata guys are desperately trying to help people fix the problem. Sure. I get it. Anyway. I get it. Anyway, we have a club version review we can do in the spring. We can talk about it anyway. We need to. Because Sasha's got one and it's very cool. Oh, fantastic. Um, And he loves it, which is good. Uh, this is the guy that owned the pink Jag, by the way, if you've watched our stuff. He now bought himself a Club Miata, and he is in love. Did he sell the Accord? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, he got himself a Club Miata. Well, excellent. Actually, no, the Club, the Accord is, is relegated full, to full winter duty. Three cars. Yeah, because why not? That's what we're doing Everybody's now. doing it, apparently. Yeah. Cover craft covers for your, your your cars lined up outside. Sheesh. Anyway, but, but, the, uh, but the BRZ, which is what I was in, I just kept thinking about how I could just chuck it in. I could mm-hmm. be stupid, and it was not going to bite. You can't be stupid in a lot of cars. The Lotus, you cannot be stupid. It will just go, okay, let's spin. You, you want you want to be stupid? Let's spin. Lotus, don't be stupid. Well, but but the 911, I you like can't be shirt. stupid. I mean, a lot of things. <laughs> exactly. I like that better exactly. than the 911, though. But, but, the, but the BRZ was just, it's playful. It's approachable. I was able to mm-hmm. get in that car instantly. Yeah. Granted, I've owned one. But get in that car in, instantly and just grind on it. Yeah. And it didn't feel like it cared. I wasn't hurting it. And it was fun. To, and I, at one point, going into the Omega, the back's coming around. It's like, fine, mm-hmm. catch that, put it in this gear, off we go. For all of the problems with that car, <clears throat> the power, it is so well sorted. <laughs> it is. To be I agree. I just want it on track. I don't want to drive around in it. I, okay. I, I know that everybody does. Everybody that owns them, that's where you do most of your driving. Hopefully. In the platform. Hopefully. I, yeah, it's so just. There, I, I've had my sermon of the day on the I 86 agree. chassis. All those points are very valid, and I appreciate it for all those points on track. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't want to live with that. I want to just. I, I I like the the fun part of it. I either want to mm-hmm. be in a canyon like we usually drive them in, true, or true. on a track, or doing something hearty and fun and. <laughs> Close to stupid. You want that? You want that seven hundred horsepower track hawk or the ridiculous power, well, earth rending power I mean, of the GT? How about I get just it. like thirty more horsepower? <laughs> it doesn't have to be seven hundred and seven. Just thirty. Thirty more torque would be good in that car. Anyway, I'd love that. We have blown through an hour just talking about <laughs> everything but a but a car debate. Thank you guys for being with us. Uh, thank you for sending in questions. Yes, and we will get to these because there are so many and we have failed uh, because we've been talking about these other cars, but we had to talk about them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got in the S90. Good. The, I needed to vindicate myself and up. I am thoroughly vindicated because it is so <laughs> it's awesome. everything you thought I it was I can hardly more. recommend yes. that car now, except for the adaptive brakes on the M550i. Not good. They were spongy and hot. Uh, that You tracked that car. Yes, I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not impressed. Had, had braking trouble, did you? It did. Mm, it did. It has adaptive everything, but it doesn't have um, good track wear on the brakes unless people were stomping on them. But I'm sure people were stomping on them. Did you see the poor, the poor... We keep trying to end the podcast. We do. Did you see the poor Volkswagen GLI that came in? It was like its first... It was like the first guy that took it out honed it. Yeah, he was all over the brakes. It. And when he came in, this is three laps, and the back half of your third lap should be kind of your cool down. Mm-hmm. He reached the pit lane, and I noticed him because this was happening. He reached the pit lane. I don't know another way to describe this. The back half of the car looked like somebody turned on a dry ice machine. Oh, I know how to describe it. It's like those ju- guys that jump out of an airplane, and they're carrying the parachute, and then they turn on the smoke Little thing smoke that's attached caster. to their foot. Yeah. It was that. He comes Coming down out of the sky. into the yeah. pit. 
you know, at walking speed, and the back half of the car is billowing smoke from the rear brakes. And that was the other thing that was funny is the front brakes were not billowing smoke. The rear brakes had given up. I wonder if he had the e-brake still on driving around the track. Maybe, I, because that, the, the back half of the car was a smoke machine. <laughs> the poor Volkswagen press guy was practically head in hands, and this was like 30 minutes into the day. Hmm. Well, so the moral of that story is GLIs can now be used at rock concerts to yes. fill the stage with Perfect. smoke. Perfect. Just track it real quick and then drive it on stage. That's what we need. Instant concert. All right. Finally, we're ending. Guys, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Questions next time. Keep writing to us. And if you've got your own debate, Everyday Driver TV at Gmail or on the website. Until next time. Cheers, everyone. Geico presents eyewitness interviews with inanimate objects. This is Brian Bruno live on the scene of a recent windstorm here to describe the event, the chest of drawers. There's a storm howling outside, so I thought I'd stay in and watch a rom-com. Five minutes into the flick, a tree branch slams through the window. Were you hurt? (laughs) I just got a scratch on my chest. Your chest of drawers can't help you in a windstorm, but the Geico Insurance Agency can help you get covered for personal property damage. Call Geico to see how affordable homeowners insurance can be. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.